And so on that note, Heather, would you please introduce uh, Tiago and let's get to the bottom of some of this. Yes, Tanya, I'm so excited. Tonight's guest is Diego Henriquez, and he's joining us to discuss Facebook's extreme censorship policy, as well as the government's and the Bank of Canada's involvement in organizing a massive wealth transfer and the implementation of a digital ID system. Diego is an artificial intelligence expert who, in June of 2021, created a Facebook page called Died Suddenly News, which reported adverse reactions to the jab, personal stories, as well as providing a platform for people to document serious medical conditions and death as a result of the experimental injections. Died Suddenly News was extremely popular, with close to 300,000 members. But when the BBC reported the page in September of 2022, it was immediately shut down. With the valiant courage of a true freedom fighter, Diego continues to advocate for those victims who need to share their stories. He is using his extensive knowledge and skills to develop an alternative platform that will not be prone to censorship by social media companies. He also partners with the wellness company MedTalks, hosted by medical experts who educate people on how to make informed decisions, provide options for lingering illness, and treatment options for the vax injured. Here to give us further insight into his story is Diego Henriquez. Diego, welcome to the Empower Hour. Thank you for having me. All right. Welcome, sir. So good to have you on. You and I have had a couple of really good conversations. And uh, so I am really looking forward, as are everyone that has uh, joined us tonight. This is a hot topic, Diego. And uh, you, sir, are a bit of a hero here tonight, having uh, duped Facebook, worked around their algorithms to allow citizens for, I guess, over 15 months to be able to post their stories of what is actually going on. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it started uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, I started noticing vaccine injuries here in my local area. Um, you know, we had a 23-year-old male who had a heart attack maybe 10 hours after the Pfizer. So I started, you know, I started, you know, I wanted a Facebook group uh, to see if maybe I was the only one in in all of Canada, you know, uh, uh, seeing these kind of things. So I started a Facebook group and then it, uh, you know, slowly grew from there. And then um, I started posting died suddenly news clippings and I started noticing that the algorithms were shutting certain things down. So what I did basically was I created maybe, you know, let's say 11 or 12, a dozen Facebook groups. Um, and then I started getting them banned on purpose because I wanted to see what uh, Facebook, what was triggering their algorithms. So then I just made my own, I wrote my own algorithm and uh, started Died Suddenly News and it took off. So I knew exactly what they were looking for. I know the keywords, the key phrases, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and it lasted quite a, quite a long time and it was the fastest Facebook uh, growing group in the whole world. 20,000 people per day were joining and if they didn't ban uh, if they didn't ban that group, I think I have no doubt that it would have been in the millions by now. And the largest Facebook, private Facebook group in the world, 7.2 million people. And uh, I think we would have far, far surpassed that. 
Well, I, I agree. What's going on is very serious. And, and I know I was listening to an interview that you had done. I'm thinking it might be the one with uh, Del Bigtree, maybe somebody else. And they had asked you, how many deaths were you seeing a day? Because you weren't only giving people an opportunity to uh, post their stories. You were actually doing analytics on it, right? You're reading, uh, you know, the true outcomes of uh, specifics like injuries, death, loss, Etc. Yes, yeah, we were recording everything. I was snapshotting everything. I still, I still do to this day. Um, when our mm-hmm. new platform's done, maybe mid December, December sixteenth or seventeenth, then uh, I'll upload all those stories again. So they're not lost. Um, there's a lot of deaths, uh, a lot of damage by these vaccines. Anybody who's saying otherwise, just simply, they're not awake. They have no clue what's going on. Yeah, they could be just even denial as well. I know a lot of people have regret. You know, they thought that some of them, unfortunately, were pretty smug, right? Well, I took the jab and there's nothing wrong with me. And of course, they were getting placebos or uh, diluted versions of it. The individuals that were having the most extreme reactions, either dying immediately or uh, having the blood clots, were the ones that were getting uh, the two true Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca shots. And and so that was very strategic on their part. They wanted to give people the impression that these were safe, that it was very rare. You know, if you if you had an injury or a death, that that was very rare. And they succeeded in that fraud by by providing the placebos. But now tell me a little bit what 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 you were seeing now that of course people are into their third or fourth or even fifth boosters what is the response time uh between uh having a reaction to the amount of months so, that that can take so i'll give you the average of what i'm looking at so by and we'll do it um i guess the best way to do it is on an average per geographical location so let's say for example you live in Vancouver and they do a booster drive. Let's say it's the third or fourth booster. Typically what I see is three to four months later, I start seeing those stories from the the Vancouver area and same thing with any major city. So because I've gone back and I've looked, Hey, there's a lot of stories coming from Toronto this week. So I go back and look and see what their booster drives. And then I can pinpoint exactly how long this is taking and filtering down into actual stories of, uh, you know, people, uh, posting these stories on Facebook. So it's a roughly three to four month lag time. And we're seeing a lot more children. Now we're seeing breast cancer in men. We're seeing uh pancreatic cancer, super cancers. And the thing with these super cancers are when these people go take, uh, chemotherapy or radiation, the typical conventional treatments, it kills them even faster. Um, so this is what I'm seeing. Um, and I, I, I think, I think anybody in the whole world, I think I have a pretty good bird's eye view of, uh, you know, you know, what to expect from these, uh, you know, vaccines. So I'm seeing a lot of cancer, tons of cancer, super aggressive. Right. And, and back to the deaths, I, I understood that, uh, at the time you were calculating about 30 to 50 deaths per day being reported in that 15 month period. Is that correct? Yeah, sometimes we'd have, you know, the trends were more, sometimes they were a little bit less, but on, on mm-hmm. an average, yes, that's correct, on, on average. Now, um, the group is not as big, so it's kind of hard to decipher that because I'm slowing down the group, uh, the rate of population and membership on purpose. Uh, 
um, so they don't mm-hmm. come after me again. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was it, it was around there. But that don't forget too. That's one Facebook group of three hundred thousand people. Um, and and can you imagine if they let me go uh, the membership go into the millions? How how much would that death rate be then? It would it would be multiple uh, times of that number. Well, you know, at the beginning, you know, people were speculating that this was going to kill absolutely millions of citizens around the world. And you had 291,000, I believe, on that Facebook page, and you had said 30 to 50 deaths a day. I think they had asked, and you said approximately 30,000 deaths in total, and then they asked how many were maybe in America. And, you know, you had said around 10,000. So even if we calculate, you take a look at, you know, Ten thousand deaths in America of the two hundred ninety-one thousand. That's a third, a third of the deaths calculated. But only it, it, I'm going to say, like, if you got uh, two hundred ninety, hundred thousand, ten thousand deaths in America alone, and then calculate that to the population of America, as you say, if people could actually report it, it would be off the charts. If individuals actually knew the the true results of what's happening right now. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be horrific, and they and they 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 skew that. And this is why censorship is so important to to them on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Twitter, on you know all these other major platforms. It's super critical to them because they can then quash the real numbers and real stories, and therefore the majority of the public doesn't really see the gravity of what's going on. So the the, the censorship is 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 really important to them. Super important. Well, yeah, it's critical to keep this going, right? And uh, mm-hmm. because there are still some people who have had four and five boosters and they've had absolutely no reactions. I'm not sure how that is happening, but we'll see how they are in four or five months, uh, you know, as you had mentioned. Now, uh, something that is of uh, critical concern, I'm going to have Dr. McCullough on the show next week, and I know that you're aligned and working together with him as well. And I really, I, I do want to focus on the children. Uh, they've got this push as I say about now this respiratory illness. And of course, one of the solutions is go and get your child vaccinated. That's, that's because, you know, the, uh, age five and under, there's only about 7%, I understand of, uh, five and under that have actually had this jab. And so this again is a very meticulous, strategic move on their part to start focusing on a regular respiratory virus, saying that, uh, you know, uh, they they can't even uh, handle the children coming into the ICU, again, all creating a problem that doesn't even exist, taking away the uh, traditional, you know, treatments for them. And, and now saying, you know what, go get those kids jabbed. So the 5 to 12-year-olds, uh, they've had that huge campaign to get them jabbed. And what are you seeing? What age ranges are you seeing right now being reported for children either dying or being harmed? I see uh, cases right down to 2 years old. Um, and uh, some of them have myocarditis. Some of them are because of blood transfusions. We had a 6-week-old baby pass away. Within 24 hours of having a transfusion, they had a pick line put in their knee um, for the transfusion. And then what happened was uh, the little baby died. Um, they, they went to go do the autopsy, and they found a clot from the knee where the pick line was right to his heart. So it was a good-sized mm-hmm. clot that was found. And this was from the transfusion. 
Um, I believe this was in the state of uh, Washington um, on the west coast of the United States. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I see all age, I'm seeing everything now, all, all, all age ranges. It's, uh, to me, it's nothing new. It's getting worse. It will continue to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole RSV ridiculousness of the ERs are packed, the ICUs. Yeah, they're packed. They're packed with vaccine injuries. Um, that's, yeah. that's the problem. These kids are getting sick because of these, you know, flu shots, MMR shots, COVID shot. They're getting shots all over the place. I have never received a vaccine in my whole life, even childhood vaccines. I haven't been sick in 30 years. I know three people who've never received a vaccine. None of us have, not even so much as a sniffle. So these these people that are, are giving these children, uh, you know, back, especially the COVID vaccine, they're just clueless. They really are. They, they I, I think, you know, when you see these uh, ERs and ICUs jam-packed, these are all vaccine injuries. The people are sick from the vaccines. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frightening. Uh, one thing I'm grateful for is that uh, people are finally becoming uh, willing to hear about even childhood vaccinations. Uh, you know, the increased rate of autism specifically related to childhood vaccines, how unnecessary childhood vaccines are and how many problems they've created, how many children have been vax injured and the pharmaceutical companies have signed deals saying they're, they're immune from any liability. And so uh, Ted Koontz uh, is a friend of mine whom I work with with uh, Vaccine Choice Canada, and they've been trying to ring the bell for years. You you know, to say that there is truly a, a high, high, frightening rate of vaccine injury just with the regular childhood vaccinations. And we've got to be able to have this conversation. And, you know, the uh, knee-jerk reaction is, where would we be if there wasn't a polio vaccine? That's not what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, I've done some research and study on this. And if you were to look at the charts of when they actually introduced uh, childhood vaccinations back in the 50s and 60s, due to like where where there was, uh, um, I, I want to name like measles or, or these type of childhood vaccines, when uh, the ability to have access to clean water and a good diet had increased, already all of these measles and other uh, types of um, childhood diseases had already started uh, to become almost non-existent. And at that point is when they introduced these childhood ac- vaccines. And so they go, oh, because of childhood vaccines, we no longer have uh, mumps or we no longer have measles. But that wasn't the reason. It was because of proper diet, better um, uh, uh, drinking water, cleaner living circumstances, etc. And we see that throughout civilization. So the pharmaceutical companies are getting rich. I was even thinking about it on this, uh, you know, lack of uh, Tylenol for children to take down their fevers. Well, we, we have other options. And in Canada as well, we have Apotex and Agripex. And these are two of the largest pharmaceutical companies. Why, why can't they come up with, you know, some, some uh, uh, form of ibuprofen or acetaminophen and provide that to children in, in Canada? 
you know, I, I just see this as very strategic. We always have options, but of course, why would the Canadian government want to invest in a Canadian company? Right? <laughs> they they just don't yeah. like doing that. That doesn't make sense. But anyways, yeah, it's quite frightening. I'm very concerned for our children and the attack against them. And uh, do you have anything more to add about that as to what you're seeing uh, with children? Um, not as far as the COVID vaccine. I mean, they're, they're obviously getting damaged. They're getting a lot of cardiac damage. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, the, the jury is still out on uh, what's going to happen to them in 10 or 15 years in terms of their fertility and they can have babies or not. That's another concern of mine. You know, where's the studies uh, for giving children this and the long-term studies? See, this is why long-term studies are so essential and necessary when you're giving a five-year-old a vaccine. And the reason Mm -hmm. is we don't know what's going to happen to them when they're 20 or 30 years old and they want to have a baby. How's that going to affect their fertility? We all know that these vaccines are super detrimental to to women wanting, you know, who are pregnant to their periods. It messes them up. It's a disaster. Um, Mm -hmm. It's this is I cannot believe that this is going on. And, you know, a lot of these people don't see what's going on, really. I'm sure that you saw a lot of the reports, especially back in the spring, of women, one after another, reporting uh, the clotting, uh, women who had long passed having their period, elderly women, all of a sudden experiencing bleeding, uh, miscarriages. I, I was reading a report today, Del Bigtree, actually, it was news, news breaking, it had just come out today, of, uh, I believe this woman, was she in the UK or in, in the United States, and had a report specific to the amount of uh, uh, miscarriages and uh, it it was like absolutely through the roof. The fetal care, emergency care that was needed, the fetal unit and how they might have had one every three months and now the units are full of, of, um, of, how shall I call that, um, children that are being born preterm and many are dying yeah yeah that's you know i hear these stories are normal to me now they're especially in the last 12 months this is uh you know these are normal stories that you're telling me i I hear dozens Mm -hmm. of these stories every single week it's not surprising to me um people they they really have to wake up it's a real tragedy what's going on out there um, and we are in for the worst. Make no mistake. This is not going to go away. It will get worse. As they vaccinate these children, these children are being vaccinated younger and younger. And pretty soon, as soon as they, they, uh, they are given birth, they will get a COVID shot right away within, the, within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm understanding as well that they're beginning to encourage people to get the flu shot. And I'm hearing word that the mRNA has been included in flu shots now. So Yeah. It's yeah, the, the plan, flu shots. I think, yeah, I, th- I think the long-term plan for them is every single shot that's on the schedule, so you're talking DTaP, MMR, flu shot, you know, everything that you can, you can think of, Japanese encephalitis, all these shots will contain that mRNA uh, technology on there. I don't even really call it technology. Technology is a, 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 a term used to help humanity, not destroy humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and probably maybe a weapon is, is a, a, a better uh, choice of words, but uh, all these shots, make no mistake, I think in the next three to five years will include that technology. Well, they're saying, you know, shots from cradle to death as well. So they're overloading mm-hmm. our children uh, 
with childhood uh, vaccination. When I was a kid, I think it was four shots and 16 doses. And in 2019, it was 16 shots and 72 doses, childhood vaccines. So those would be over 100 right now. We are poisoning our children. And you are unvaccinated. And now they are proving because they, they, of course, pharmaceutical companies don't want to uh, uh, expose the uh, reports that are being done, the studies that are being done, comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated children. And unvaccinated children are uh, thriving and they don't have autoimmune diseases. And there's just so much that's being exposed right now that it is better to 100% not have your children vaccinated. And and then these flu shots as well, I wouldn't recommend them for anybody. Everybody that gets them either gets super sick, has had really adverse reactions. This is pre-COVID, pre-COVID shots, all right? People were reporting that they were sick and couldn't work for six months. Uh, and And for what? to, um, and, and, you know, enrich the pharmaceutical companies who aren't liable for any of this. So please, my friends, wake up. Stop taking any injections. Don't allow them to poison you or your children. My, right. my, I, uh, my yeah. daughter's 14 years old. She's never been mm-hmm. vaccinated. So all the parents out there listening, I'm, almost, mm-hmm. I'm turning 49 years old in a couple of weeks. I've traveled all over the world. I do triathlons. I work out quite a bit. I haven't been sick in like 30 years. I've never received one. She's never received one. She's 14. She's doing amazing. She's never sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental acuity is on point. Um, you don't need, you know, Tanya's correct. You do not need to be giving anything of this nonsense. You, good food and exercise and fresh air. You'll be fine. Yeah, well, I, I just love it. You know, I know that there's some people, you know, my, who might leave the show right now. I didn't know you were anti-vaxxers. And I'm, I'm just like, you know what? Take a breath and hear what it is that we're saying. If you were fooled and deceived by COVID and you are here on the show tonight because you realize that your eyes are open to the fact that COVID is a fraud, that this is a mass genocide and extermination of the population. And uh, you know what? I hope that our reporting and us being on the front line for individuals in the last three years has increased your uh, confidence in myself at Action for Canada and our team, because we have reported honestly, we have done a lot of research, we have dug in, and we've got Tiago on the show right now, he's the poster boy for it right now, for, for being unvaccinated, he's proof that you can be unvaccinated and live a very uh, healthy life, much better than those of us who were vaccinated. Um, I've got an autoimmune disorder. My brother is a type one diabetic and uh, that happened at the age of 15. Uh, My sister has had difficulties and now we're looking back on it and saying, oh my goodness, we were all vaccinated. And uh, you know, my mom grieves right now. I, I gave vaccinations to my children and it was right at the cusp. They're 27 and 29 years old. And it was right as people were starting to debate, should I, shouldn't I? Well, you know what? If I could go back, I'd say 100% don't do it. Uh, my, my daughter was uh, diagnosed with um, uh, a, a disorder, a learning disorder. And, uh, you know, my son has eczema and I'm looking at all of the facts regarding vaccination right now, childhood vaccination and how they're all tied. And I regret it. I have vaccine regret. 
And I, I don't flu shot or anything like that because I woke up too late. And so I have compassion for all of you who are, are waking up as well right now. But uh, please have ears to hear and, and say you were duped once. Could you be duped again? And, and just do the research and study before you use the terms of the mainstream media and the government about anti this or that. Okay. Um, are you, what are you seeing as far as suicides are concerned as well, Diego? Um, that's one of the more concerning things that I've seen a significant uprise in. I've seen a significant uprise in suicides. I've had uh, personal experiences with suicides regarding the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But more so, I've had more personal experiences and people posting on Diet Suddenly News of mental breakdowns very mm -hmm. shortly after uh, the vaccination and almost a change in personality and empathy, if you will, where they're, they used to be empathic people, very loving, very kind. And it's almost like they've changed into a, whole, a totally different person. Uh, these are the types of stories that I'm getting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. We have a dear family friend and my mom was speaking with her the other day and her grandson, he was in his thirties. He just committed suicide. And, uh, you know, the problem is, is that's a vaxxed family. Uh, somebody else has died already. Uh, we have a chapter leader just absolutely love her to bits. Her husband was, uh, in the military, fought for Canada and he couldn't handle all of the restrictions and everything. And, and, uh, he committed suicide. So, uh, this is becoming very, very hard for people. And, you know, people have lost their jobs. Uh, they can't replace that income. Of course, the euthanasia thing is going on right now as well, where the liberal government, the death squad, have opened up euthanasia. So now that if you're depressed, you can literally come March 2023, you can go in and ask to be euthanized. This includes our teenagers. This includes our kids because they no longer need uh, their parental permission. This is devastating and horrifying what we're experiencing. And so I really want to um, appeal to all Canadians, please join Action for Canada. Be part of our chapters. We are we are vetting right now. We are going to have chapter leaders in every single community in this country so that we can be that resistance, so we can build that force that is going to be able to fight back against this. It's, it's going to be too late for many people because they've got the jab and, and they're going to have a very difficult journey. But what we can do is also be there as support for them. And uh, sometimes I said, you know, the, the, to all of my team, that Action for Canada is God-breathed. I really believe I am absolutely nobody, and God kept giving me nudges to uh, to commence certain actions that led to creating Action for Canada. And so I say that Action for Canada was God-breathed for that reason. He's given us the strategy and the infrastructure. Uh, we need people to donate uh, desperately as we uh, launch all of these new um, chapters. We also provide them immediately. It's like a pop-up chapter. We provide them tents and resources and banners uh, so that they can reach out within their community and do it. They need to uh, do events within their communities to be able to reach out to the public. And so please consider that. Become a partner with Action for Canada in this. We really feel it's the best strategy. Uh, support TA Diego, who, uh, Diego, can you tell us about that? You're also uh, working on a new social media platform. Do you have a timeline uh, as to when that would be available? 
Yeah, we're uh, developing uh, dietsonly.news. So basically all the stories, um, you know, that you guys seen on Facebook before it got banned will be put on that platform. But more importantly, we're going to have all the statistical and anal analytical data. So when somebody logs on and wants to post their story, um, you know, it'll have the name of the vaccine, the batch number, geographical location, how many they're, you know, they've taken. Um, was it, uh, what kind of reaction did they have? Was it a death? All that kind of statistical information is going to be logged and it's going to be um, uh, in the back of what we call an API system. So anybody will be able to go on there and you'll be able to look and see what's going on. However, it's not going to be just the COVID vaccines. It's going to be all vaccines on the schedule. So you'll be able to go to, let's say, for example, British Columbia, mm -hmm. um, click on British Columbia. Let's say you live in Kelowna. You can click on Kelowna and you can see all the vaccine injuries on there. You can see all the vaccine deaths, which batch numbers, which specific vaccine manufacturer. You can see everything. That is absolutely amazing. I, I'm, I'm, this is going to be such a service to Canadians, Tiago. I'm sorry, do you have a timeline for that? How is it looking? Uh, right now, I'm looking at mid-December. I'm hoping for mid-December. We've been oh, wow. a little uh, inundated uh, with other things. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think mid-December, mid like, you know, Christmas time-ish, uh, maybe that might be my gift to all of you. There won't be any. You won't have to pay for anything. It'll be mm -hmm. um, totally free for everybody to join. It'll be picture almost like a Facebook with a whole bunch of, you know, crazy, uh, cool, analytical uh, and statistical data that you guys are all looking for, everybody. So I've had senators call me, lawyers call me, judges. Um, I've had big names in the industry call me. They want to plug in. And it's going to be almost like in real time, uh, all the deaths and injuries, uh, just like a clock, like the debt clock. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the United States debt clock when you go on their website. It'll be something similar to that. Um, it'll be pretty cool. I'm so excited. Um, I wish I can do things faster. I know people are waiting, <laughs> but uh, please be patient. And uh, because I want to do this uh, properly, I don't want to, you know, just put something out there just for the sake of putting something out there, making everybody happy. And then it's not what I want or what you want. Um, so just be patient. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get things done as quickly and efficiently as possible. Okay, and how can people connect with you? Because I know that you have alluded to, you have another, I believe, Facebook site that's up, but how are you working around them knowing where you're at and how do people join you? Have you got a Telegram page that people can join you on? Yeah, we got a Telegram page, uh, primarily our Facebook group, DSN Official. Um, they can click on that and then they can you know, get all the information that they need on that. Um, yeah. so it's D DSN, DSN official. Yeah. On DSN Facebook. official on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, you can click on our group. You'll see me as the administrator there. I have to keep constantly changing the name because the Facebook, not even so much the Facebook algorithms, it's the trolls and corporations like the BBC who will, you see, Facebook has what's called a portal. And this portal is for government agencies and for big companies, uh, basically, essentially, to rat me out and people like me <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and tell Facebook, tell on me. And that's what they're for. They actually created a portal for, for, for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it is true. 
So you're still working around them. How, how is it? Because uh, I believe you said that you vet the individuals before you allow them uh, to join your Facebook page. How in the world do you vet this many people? We have a team of volunteer, former or current IT security people. And mm-hmm. these security people are not, um, not your typical security people. They're very familiar with intelligence agencies like the British Intelligence a- Agency called the 77th Brigade. They're an online hacking group, um, an online troll group. They're paid by the British intelligence. Um, and so what they'll do is they'll come and they'll infiltrate a group like mine with all their members. And then they'll start complaining to Facebook that we're posting, you know, things that go against terms of service. And that's how they get the Facebook groups shut down. Or they'll go, or the British military will take and extract that information and will go through the Facebook portal and basically tell on me and tell on the group and then get us shut down. So there are paid agencies, there are paid, uh, you know, uh, branches, if you will, of certain intelligence agencies around the world that are paid to do this. This is 100% true. Okay. Yep. This is good information to have. I know when you talked to me about the 77th Brigade the other day, I was just like, man, they just, that's how intense they are about making sure that people don't receive this information. And, and it's just like, when you hear things like this, how much more obvious, what more evidence do you need, uh, to know that this is a very corrupt global agenda? All of these people, I don't even know if we should waste time in court. They, the, the death penalty was there during, uh, you know, after World War II. And uh, I, I love it because you are accumulating so much evidence that when one day this goes uh, to, towards a massive trial like we've had once before in history, you're going to have the evidence right there to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was murder, that this was a genocide, you know, of uh, individuals around the world, that uh, this is crimes against humanity on steroids. I, I just hardly have mm-hmm. words for it, Diego. Yeah, it is. You're correct. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a mass genocide. There's no other way to put it. If anybody can't see it, I don't know what to tell them. There's, I think there's always going to be 30% of that population who's not going to care or they're, they're just simply not mm-hmm. going to believe it, no matter how much mm-hmm. evidence or how good the evidence is. Um, I think that's just a fact of life and people have to accept that. But uh, you're right. I mean, maybe in the future, maybe I might get a phone call uh, one day to, uh, you know, to the 2.0 version and uh, take the stand and, uh, you know, we'll see. But I'm not sure what the future holds. But uh, Mm -hmm. for now, um, I know that the future is not looking good uh, for humanity. There's a couple obstacles coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. And I know with Action for Canada, thanks to Rocco Galati, we have one of the strongest cases that's still proceeding against the BC and federal government. And uh, we've had a lot of opposition. And uh, so has Rocco. And that's, uh, you know, for the very reason that the government has been, is concerned, you know, about this man's uh, ability to challenge the federal government and uh, those that are committing these crimes. And I even believe that there is a bit of an exodus happening right now. We're going to see more of it of uh, elected officials such as Premier Horgan in British Columbia and um, Jason Kenney in Alberta. And 
I, I believe that what's happening right now is, is we've seen that, oh, we just all need to forgive and forget. You know, it's, it's all happened. It's over now. Let's just move forward. It was a horrific pandemic, right? And we all did our best. And our, these elected officials served you as best as they could. And now they're exiting. And uh, Global News, CTV News, as far as P, um, uh, John Horgan is concerned, the premier in BC, they're saying things like he was the most beloved premier that BC has ever had. And it's like, they're full of it. He's corrupt. He got elected last time uh, via corruption. He should have never been reelected and he should go to jail. And we're going to work very hard to make sure that that happens. And uh, then you got Jason Kenney, who as well has uh, committed horrific crimes against the citizens of Alberta. And you've got Daniel Smith now in there making all of these incredible moves to overturn all of this vaccine tyranny and this corruption. And is how is she getting away with that? So I have some apprehensions. I really hope she's a good lady, but I'm wondering if she's trying to uh, ease the criticism as J- uh, Jason Kenney took the exit to say, oh, everything's good here now and, and what their next plan is. So we need to be very aware. We can't trust anything that's going on with elected officials in the country right now, um, but we do need to keep pressing back because we're having success. Uh, so Terenzio, do we have, is, is any Anybody got their hands up that you would like to ask uh, Tiago a uh, question directly? Yeah, so we, we do have some questions, hands that are, that are okay. starting to come up. Uh, for those that would like to ask a question, if you go down to the bottom of Zoom and raise your hand virtually, we will put you in queue. Uh, we do have a question up. Uh, first we have is Donna. Donna, you should see a little message pop up on your screen to unmute. All right, I'm not seeing, oh. I think there she is. Are you there, Donna? Hi. 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 My question is, um, there's so much uh, illegal things going on. How do you protect yourself so that what you're doing doesn't get, uh, like in the States where the FBI goes into somebody's house and and takes them and and tries to put them in jail and and keep them from uh, moving forward with, giving honesty to the public or the truth to the public. How do you yourself protect yourself against uh, corruption in our government? Um, I live my life like normally. Um, I take certain security precautions online um, through my experience. Um, Some of my best friends are some of the best black hat hackers in the whole world. So we weren't born yesterday. Uh, I can all that's all I can tell you um, as far as phone numbers, addresses and all that kind of thing. Uh, we weren't born yesterday. So we know uh, the um, most of the people that they employ here in Canada for the security uh, for the CSIS, uh, I guess, similar to the CIA in the United States. Uh, most of those guys are um, and I'm not being uh, I don't mean to sound arrogant to people listening, but they're here. And the people that I deal with are more up here in terms of whether it's programming, artificial intelligence, um, knowledge, um, or whether it's black hat hacking knowledge or anything like that. Don't forget when they, when they, these people have issues, they come to guys like us, uh, you know, to fill those holes in the technology that they have. Um, so, um, you know, they don't go, they don't pick university students or anything like that. They come to, 
to the underground guys like us. So I'm not worried about security. They can, you know, if I was out and about, uh, you know, on, on the street here and they pick me up, you know, then I would deal with it. I'm not, uh, I have like zero fear of these people, nothing. Um, I'm not going to fight them with, uh, you know, with violence or fists or guns or knives or anything like that. I'm not that kind of person, but, uh, I have other things that, um, um, you know, can make their life miserable too. I have special, special, uh, capabilities and talents that I've been blessed with. I love it. Very good question. And I love your answer, Diego. I, you know, for a long time, pre-COVID, I was calling on men across this nation. Where are our warrior men? And uh, Action for Canada is blessed with leadership and warrior men on our team. And you are a warrior man. You have prepared for battle and you have the other, others on your team. And uh, we need to understand as well that this is, this is not a battle where the other side has ever put, played fair. When they come in and uh, tyranny has ever trampled on the rights of other individuals in such a horrific way throughout history, you know, people looked around and said, why isn't somebody doing something? And you need to fight fire with fire. And it's going to come to that point uh, at some point uh, one day. Uh, but preparing for that, making sure that all of your information is, is uh, you know, safe and that other people will have that information that if it's needed, it's going to be available at the right time. All right. I want to ask you a little bit too. You are also with the wellness company and Med Talks. Could you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, let's touch a bit on the ivermectin as well, because I know a lot of people want to have access to ivermectin, but the government is uh, forbidding it. I know that if people are ordering it from outside of Canada, that customs is uh, seizing it and not allowing it to get to its destination. So first of all, what's the wellness company? And then secondly, tell us a little bit about the ivermectin. Well, the wellness company is headed by um, you know, a, a fantastic man. Uh, his name is uh, Foster Colson, is the CEO. Uh, aggressive young guy. Um, he's got a, a, an incredible ability to bring uh, people from all different disciplines all together uh, for a common purpose. And the purpose of the wellness company is to help support the vaccine injured. Um, they work with, very closely, as you know, with Dr. Peter McCullough, a huge name in the industry. There's a whole bunch of other, not, it's not just Dr. Peter McCullough, it's a whole bunch of other physicians that people can get in touch with. And if something's happened to yourself or to a family member, or to a friend or anything like that, you can give these guys a call and um, they're right there to help you out. They do, they do incredible things. So, you know, at Died Suddenly News, when I created this, I didn't know that I was going to have the plethora of, you know, vaccine injuries that I, I was seeing. So I think the most best marriage, uh, if you will, to do would be with a company like that who's, who wants to help these people because I have so many of them. I, I, I'm not a physician. I don't know, you know, how to help them or anything like that. So I wanted to give people at least that option of, uh, you know, having that opportunity to, to get help if they wanted to. 
All right. Awesome. And do you have any uh, comments on, oh, so with the wellness company itself in med talks, I understand it's like a little bit of a Ted talks, but it's uh, educating people on what they can do to uh, keep themselves well, uh, keep themselves unvaccinated and well. And then if they've been injured, uh, I believe, is there some recommendations for them that's provided on how to uh, do their best to stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, uh, they consult with physicians. Um, what line of protocol, I, I'm assuming, would depend on the extent of the injury of the person. So I can't comment too much on, like, you know, exactly what they're doing. But uh, mm -hmm. but uh, absolutely, all I know is they're, they are helping people. They do a mm -hmm. phenomenal job of helping people. Um, and then you have, you know, you have guys like, uh, you know, Dr. McCullough on there who's amazing and, and gives the greatest advice, uh, you know, whether you're in Canada or the United States, they're helping people. And if I, all I know is that if I was one of those people that was injured, you know, that's where I would go to seek help and mm -hmm. counsel and, uh, and try to work things out for myself health wise. So, and as far as the ivermectin, we have a strategic partnership with somebody here in Canada. Um, also that will provide anybody with ivermectin if they want. And, uh, you can email me and, uh, Tanya will give out the email details and we'll, we'll sort it out. All right. So can we put your email in the chat? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, or yeah, absolutely. Go, yeah, I went, yeah, why not? Yeah, for sure. You, you say, I don't know how else to get them to them. It's either going to be, yeah, if well, we how, send how about, it out via how, email. Yeah. How about this? It's when, public. When, 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 the, when the, the guys are ready to go, when they're all in, it should be like, I'd okay. say about four or five days then mm -hmm. I will give you the green light and then you guys can send out the email because or else we're going to have a whole bunch of emails. Hey, can we get it? <laughs> and, uh, and, and this is the real deal. Uh, you know, it's personally vetted by myself. It's not like, uh, you know, okay. made in some guy's garage or anything like that. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, what I was going to say as well is, uh, what is your telegram handle? Uh, diet suddenly news. Died suddenly news. All right. Maybe, yeah. you know what? I would recommend that people even join your Telegram page and your Facebook page and they'll be able yeah. to access that information through you there. Um, okay. Now, you and I, we, we were going to have a bit of conversation as well. Oh, well, just a moment. Just a moment. I want to talk about the Bank of Canada and a little bit of the finances before we leave this show. Uh, but, uh, Terenzio, did somebody else have a question? Yeah, we do have a couple of other questions. Uh, we can put the next one up. Next one up is from Vlad. Vlad, you should see a little message pop up on your screen. Okay. Hi, Vlad. What's your question? Oh, he's still muted. Oh, there we hey. go. All right. Hi, what's your question? If you can hear me, the question to Tiago, what do you think? Is it possible to reconvene against uh, Trudeau's uh, new wave of mandates and stop this uh, scam, let's say? And what do you think about uh, national citizen inquiry? Uh, how can they help us? Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. basically, the I guess the question is, can we... Can we do anything with the Trudeau government? So before I answer that question, I think we all have to understand that we all live in a central banking system. 
before talking about Trudeau or anything like that. Um, so he really doesn't have any power um, or rule over the Bank of, Ca Bank of Canada, um, which is the most important entity in this system that we live in. So he's no more than a middle manager at best. Okay, so he doesn't make big decisions. He doesn't tell them how much money to print. That is done by independently by the bank, by the central banks, or in our case, the Bank of Canada. So what they've done to us is is uh, all all banking related. This is they they guise this as a health issue, and it's not a health is issue. It didn't start off that way. Started this is a central banking issue. They've mm -hmm. printed so much money. Um, the interest rates are not going up fast enough, and they can't. It's a catch twenty two because it would decimate the market if it did that. Um, and then. As the hyperinflation happens, at some point, the collapse is going to come. Your prices are going to continually go up. They're not coming down for the foreseeable future. Um, and just so you guys know why I'm talking about this, because uh, I trade the Forex markets every day. My artificial intelligence background is I use it to make predictions on a, what we call an intraday basis. I trade on a platform called MetaTrader 4. Um, so I trade like 22 currency pairs. So I see this every single day. I see the central banks every single day. There's only one way that you will beat the system. And it's not going to Ottawa. As much as I'm a very proud Canadian, and I'm very proud of the 2 million Canadians that went down to Ottawa, I think their heart was in the right place. But the uh, strategy was not correct. The strategy, they should have gone to the central bank instead of parliament. Parliament has nothing to do with it. It's the central bank that's causing problems. So... Mm -hmm. The only way to hurt them is not going to Ottawa. You have to take the police out of the equation. If you guys keep going to these, you know, massive protests and you guys are going to keep getting hurt because they're just going to call the police and the police do not work for you. When they said, when they say to serve and protect, they forgot to add the other part of that to serve and protect the central banks. That's it. It's not you guys. They are not paid by you. They, you are in a central bank system. They are paid by the central banks. So the only way to defeat, uh, you know, any kind of regime, whether it's, uh, you know, like the Trudeau uh, tyrannical type regime, you know, very mandate heavy is to go at the heart, to go at their Achilles heel, which is the currency. So you would have to do, the majority of Canadians would have to do a bank run and not pay their debts at the same time. That would totally destroy their system and bring down their system. There's a reason why they are so desperate to go to a digital type system. Because in a digital type system, you guys can't do a bank run. You can't destroy them. They, in, a, in a normal system like we are now, they, they, uh, you can destroy them. They're open for that. And they know mm -hmm. that. So this is the, this is the Achilles of, of how to, to, to hurt them. It's not through... It's not going to Ottawa in minus 20. It's not. Trust me. They will just keep calling the police on you guys and hurt and hurt men and women. And I hate to see uh, fellow Canadians uh, getting assaulted for no reason. There's no reason for that. The two, if the two million people instead walked down to their local bank and took out all their money and refused to pay their debts, it would decimate the banking system here. They would switch those mandates in a, heart, in a, in a heartbeat. Well, what I was going to add to that as well is, uh, is that um, that was very evidenced when <laughs> Trudeau, he had rushed, I guess he was just, you know, 
biding his time so that he could in, invoke the Emergencies Act. But, you know, he, he's, he's such a goofball that he does it and then also freezes bank accounts. And, you know, he was overambitious. And the problem was is that the banks uh, were upset about what he was doing because they weren't ready yet. They didn't have, they don't have all of the digital ID system in place in order to hurt Canadians and, and actually achieve the overall goal, which is to completely shut her down, put you all on digital ID so you can't access it. So what happened was when he put that bank freeze in, people were doing exactly as you said. They were going to the banks. They were either taking tens of thousands of dollars out, hundreds of thousands of dollars out, and they were cleaning house. And that's why the Bank of Canada responded so swiftly and you can imagine they were doing backroom conversations with Trudeau thinking what the heck are you doing you know what reverse this emergency order and because it was before uh, the Senate and people were looking at each other saying holy smokes they they uh, revoked it and uh, they didn't expect a lot of people didn't expect them to do it and I believe it was exactly like you say because of the pressure from the banks and uh, just to add one more thing, of course, Rocco Galati was the first one who really uh, was on the front line of uh, bringing attention to the Bank of Canada and the damage that was coming over 20 years ago. He took on the big Bank of uh, Canada and people say, oh, but he lost that. He says, uh, and, and Rocco always says, I didn't lose in the one sense, he says, because finally there was attention brought to what the Bank of Canada was doing. And what Trudeau has been working with them on is the greatest heist in the history of the world. The World Banks, the IMF are all working together. Trudeau has been pouring billions of dollars out of Canada on so-called uh, so humanitarian aid missions, which is garbage, $600 million dollars to, you know, for abortion in Africa five or six years ago. They didn't want money for abortion. They wanted it to help have uh, medication to keep their children alive. And so where did that money go? All right. The uh, third world countries are in the worst state they have ever been in. Nobody's helping them. Our money is not, go you know, finding their way to helping them, you know, uh, uh, dig wells and etc. So who does have the money? the World Banks and the IMF, and they're bribing governments with billions of dollars to implement the emergency orders. So they're robbing us blind, and then they're giving the money back to the premiers and back to these health officials to, to finish us off. And, and so it's this vicious cycle. So how can we effectively work together is, as Diego did, go in, get your money out of the banks, uh, be creative, and then use cash when you're out shopping. Chop up your, your credit card, do something, but there are ways around this. Anything else to add to that, Diego? Yeah, it's just, I, I think people, you know, I, I sensed, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Uh, I sensed after Ottawa, a lot of people felt deflated. Uh, they felt beaten. Um, you know, they, uh, their spirits were not very high anymore. Um, mm -hmm. they basically got kicked out of Ottawa. The police hurt them pretty bad. Um, there's no need of that. Um, I think, I think what we have to do is use our intelligence. There's so many smart Canadians here. Use your intelligence. It's not always the most force wins. I hear people all the time talking about, uh, violent, uh, solutions. 
This is the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing I've ever heard in my life. This is not an intel intelligent thing. We are nowhere near that level. Mm -hmm. We are at the level to use your intelligence and do it in a relaxed way and stop thinking emotionally for a second and think in a logical manner. Go back in history, look at all the bank runs in all the other countries, read it historically what happened, and then you will come to a little bit more sense of what to do. Going to Ottawa and or any other city, it's not going to do anything. You're not gonna, it's, they're, they're gonna go ahead with this. They're going ahead with the digital identification because they're gonna make Walmart, they're going to make all these big corporations that you guys work for. You're only going to, when you work for them, you're only going to allow, they're going to, uh, you're, you're going to be able to take your pay only in digital currency. When you go pay for things in Walmart in, in five or 10 years time, will only, they will only accept digital currency. That's it. That change is coming. There's nothing that we're going to do about it. They're going to implement this change, but the, the way to, force them um, to hurt them is uh, by a bank run and and at this but yeah simultaneously not pay the debts either um, which will hurt them even more and much more it will accelerate the hurt on them that 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 is the only way to do it it's not nothing else nothing else is going to work because in you have a mathematical equation where in this equation you have the police and military and you have to take the police and military out of that equation for you as a citizen to be successful. Until you come up with an intelligent plan to do that, it's not going to work. So I'm, I'm sure there's uh, we've got six hands up right now. Terenzi, if you, you want, well, let's answer one of those uh, questions. And I'm sure that everybody here is thinking, okay, so what is the solution then if, uh, as far as banking is concerned? And I know that you're not going to give people banking advice. Action for Canada isn't providing banking advice, uh, financial advice today. Uh, we are, you know, providing... Um, maybe some inf we're we're going to be providing you with information for you to decide what you'd like to do with it. So with that in mind, uh would you move forward Diego on what steps you might recommend recommend or suggest? What happens is when the digital currency does come into effect and we're looking at roughly the next 4 to 5 years when this is the central banks are they're already talking about it. This is uh already in development uh in most of the central banks, the New York Fed, uh, European central banks, the IMF, and so forth. So what can you guys do as Canadian citizens, um, you know, to help, uh, uh, you know, help the situation for you guys? You have to transfer, you have to picture your money in your bank will lose tremendous amount of value when they switch over to this digital currency. Because let's say, for example, you have $10,000 in that bank account, the Royal Bank of Canada. When they make that transition over to digital currency, it's not going to be $10,000 anymore. That digital currency will be assigned a new numerical value. And it could be 20%, 10%, whatever it is about of that $10,000. So in order for you to maintain that wealth, and you're losing money on it anyway, as we speak from hyperinflation that's going on right now and taking mm -hmm. value out of your money. So what I would do in my situation, I buy gold, Silver, specifically silver, and there's a reason why I pick specifically silver. For the average person, it is the best because it's affordable. Anybody can buy it, right? And it has more uses than gold. So when commodities start going up now in the next year or two, 
for silver and gold, um, that will uh, silver will exponentially be going at a much more accelerated pace than gold will because obviously it has more uses in bullets in uh, 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 what do you call it uh, armaments uh, guns and all this kind of stuff right so for me gold is the most underrated asset right now it's fantastic mm -hmm. anybody can access it and if anybody's asking hey where do you buy your silver I always buy my silver and my daughter I get her to buy silver when she gets a little extra money too it's called sdbullion.com right so you can go on there they're amazing I don't have nothing to do with them I just buy my, my gold and silver from there they're awesome. So that way, when that transition comes into the digital currency, that $10,000 that you had in the bank now that you have in silver will be very well protected. Will not you, will, it will not lose so much nominal value as that $10,000 in your bank account will. Um, so that's mm -hmm. what you guys can do. I just transfer little by little, silver, gold, palladium, platinum. There's so many different kinds of metals you can get. Me personally, mm -hmm. I love silver um, for, the use, for the reasons that I just told you. And and are you doing this online or are you doing this in a in a actual tangible cash sense? Because I know some people are storing, they're buying silver and gold, and of course you can't store that in your house. There's other options to that, but is, is there a way to purchase it online and hold it in a, a stock item, or what would you recommend? If you uh, okay, so if anybody takes any anything away from this. Listen to this next sentence. If, if, you, if you don't have it on you, you don't own it, period. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to buy gold or silver, make sure it's physical, like uh, SD Bullion, they, they ship, and you have it on you. Because when the financial collapse comes, and it will come, probably led by the commercial real estate market, then at that point, you, you can reach out and touch it. And if you need to go purchase certain items, using gold or silver, you always have that option. The minute that you relegate that gold or silver in a bank at a uh, safety deposit box, guess what? Oh no! <laughs> One day you're going to walk into a bank and that bank, their doors are going to be closed and say, nope, and the ATM machine is going to be out of order and you're not going to be able to get out of any, any money out of there. Just like what's happening in California right now in uh, mm -hmm. the Palm Desert area. So if I were you, me personally, I only feel comfortable when it's sitting right beside me and I can reach out and touch it. Right, exactly. Thank you for that. Yeah, I did a report uh, about two and a half years ago on the bank bail-ins in Canada. The uh, Liberal government, of course, had snuck it real deep down into uh, a financial report. And they were like, oh, no, no, you know, bank bail-in won't affect, you know, the uh, individual citizen. It will be businesses and individuals that will be affected. But it's like, oh, no, you big fat liars. What they do is, uh, and then they say, well, you've got insurance. You know, the banks have insurance, but they have a limited amount of insurance. There is no way that their insurance policy would cover every single Canadian and the loss that we will experience once the banks go into these bank bail-ins, etc. The government freezes them. Oh, sorry, I saw I, I froze there for a moment. So the bank goes in, they empty out your safety deposit boxes, they empty out your accounts, and uh, that's it. 
and uh, you're going to be in tough, tough shape. So you need to prepare. You need to have cash on hand. You need to have silver and gold on hand and you need to prepare. Some people have even said previously on the show, buy tobacco, buy alcohol, buy things that you can trade that people are also going to want. All right. So we're going to do a rapid fire. We've got uh, people with, uh, what shall we say? I think there's eight hands up now. This is a hot topic, uh, Diego. I love it. And are you okay with a little bit more time? I know you're in Nova Scotia, so that, yeah, that's late yeah, there. Absolutely. You okay? Yeah, that's Good to cool. go? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. People are loving having you on. All right, uh, Terenzio. So what we're going to do, my friends, is the rapid fire means you ask a very specific question. We don't want a story. Not tonight. No offense. And then Tiago is going to answer that, and we're going to try to do it within one minute. So let's do this. We've got eight hands up. All right. First question is from Daniel. Daniel, you should have a little message pop up on your screen. Oh, this is Dan Vachon. Yeah. There you go, Diego. There you go. Hi. All right, brother. Yeah. So uh, last night, Diego and I went out for supper and we discussed a lot of these things. But one thing he said that was significant with this money thing, I asked him, globally, we're expecting the markets to fall. And he had a significant answer. Um, So do you want to share that, Diego? Globally, uh, the markets will fall, but not only will they fall. Uh, everybody here that's listening tonight is aware of um, the Great Depression, um, that significant event that happened. Um, however, this next event that we're going to see financially will be many more times worse than that. And COVID-19 and these vaccines have injured and hurt and destroyed many lives. The financial catastrophe that's coming in the future will destroy many more lives. Yeah, and and it's frightening. Um, back even what's how can I not not Klaus Schwab, the other horrible guy with all the money that can't remember his name right now. Somebody help me out. It wasn't. It's Bill not Klaus Schwab. No, not Bill Gates. Harari. Soros. No, Soros. Oh, oh, okay, Soros, so George Soros. Yes. Yeah. So if anybody knows Soros uh history, he was uh Jewish. He was a little boy during the Second World War and a man took him in. His family ended up being sent to the death camps and horrible things that had transpired. But this uh, individual that took him under his arm, uh, he decided that since all of these Jewish people were taken to the camps, here these homes were empty and all of their riches, well, somebody, you know, is going to go in and take them, so why not us? And so they went in and cleaned them out, and that's how, that's on the back of Soros. That's uh, one of the ways that he gained his his riches. It was on other people's tragedy. And so now we're seeing that again. We're going to see uh, people who are going to be dying, as we are right now, left, right, and center. What's going to happen to their riches? Do, you know, do they have their finances in a row? It's It's just horrific to think about how big this is and when we're where we're headed with it all right sorry let's let's carry on uh terenzio with the rapid questions all right next question is from roxanne hi roxanne i know roxanne as well all right is she on uh, there yeah. we are all right okay go for it yes change my question because i know you you've got limited time um since you talk about finances what about property? If everything's going to crash, does that mean we should be selling our homes, liquidating it, and changing that cash into 
silver, et cetera, if our homes are good, and then what are, you know, does that mean we rent? Any thoughts from your perspective? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the crash, the I think the world financial crash will, will be the commercial will be led by the commercial real estate market for a reason because the occupancy rate right now worldwide is forty percent. So forty percent of a building um, is uh, occupied; the other sixty percent is empty right now because everybody works from home. So uh, these mortgages still have to be paid on these commercial buildings. Um, so that's where the crash is going to come, come from. Um, as these interest rates start going higher and higher, the owners are not going to be paying them. Um, so because they don't have the tenants in the building because everybody's working from home. Now, to answer your question specifically, what do you do with your home? If it's a home that you're going to live long term, you can keep it. Your, your home is going to be devalued when the crash happens. There's no doubt about that. The other issue is, the governments that are running that are running the you know our govern our our country in the future you don't know what sanctions they're going to be putting on you to own a property that's the other issue that i have um you know dealing with governments like the trudeau government i don't know what they're going to have in the future how are, how are property taxes going to be assessed how are environmental taxes going to be assessed and they're going to have probably have a whole bunch more taxes because if you're an uh, owner of a property um, and you own it outright, they're going to try to take it away. I think they're going to try to take it away from you with all these mm-hmm. extra taxes on the, ho- on the home. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, that's what I'm feeling is, go- is going to happen based on the rhetoric of listening to what they're saying. Um, so the, the, the properties will devalue. If you have a mortgage, especially a variable rate mortgage, these interest rates are not going to stop going up because they have to go up to combat the inflation. So your mortgage payments are going to be significantly higher. So if it was me, I would definitely try to sell that property um, and uh, try to get into a, you know, a rental or, or a lease or something like that. And then the money that I make from that sale is obviously I put it, you know, most of it in, in some sort of precious metal to preserve the value of that currency. That's what you're doing. You want to preserve the value of the currency. You almost have to look at precious metals almost like a bank account, like a safe bank account that nobody can can touch it or the 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 um, value of that will not be devalued by the hyperinflation. See, the, the whole mechanism of what's going on with COVID, what you guys have seen here, the closures of businesses, masking, all this uh, travel restriction, this was all to hurt you guys financially. That's it. Mm-hmm. To destroy mm-hmm. you guys financially. The, uh, the uh, big party hasn't come yet. The big party will come when the actual financial crisis happens. That will be the big party and we'll give them the excuse then to go into a digital currency regime. Right. And this is why I was saying our problem was not COVID, it was pre-COVID, and they were aligning any, everything at that point. And as I mentioned earlier, Trudeau has been pouring billions of dollars out of the country and into the world banks and the IMF and uh, the globalists. And so that was to any good socialist government has to impoverish their nation and make their people reliant on the government. And so what COVID did is it just pushed people over the edge, right? It, it put so many people out of work. And, and what happened? 
happened? They were reliant on the government. What happened to our young people? They were happy to be home in their mommy and daddy's basement receiving CERB. And, you know, a lot of them still won't go back to work, you know, because they're, they're still receiving money. Uh, what are they doing in the schools? They're indoctrinating our schools, creating Marxist soldiers out of them so they don't come out the other end ready to fight. They're teaching them to hate their country, to hate their parents, and find that the government's the only one with the solution. And this is one of the reasons why Action for Canada is very focused on our kids and what's going on in the schools. The Marxists know it. And we know it. So they want the minds of the kids. Well, we better be willing to go and shut down schools in order to take our, our kids out of them for the fact that there's not an, enough kids registered. And so there's so many ways that they've hit us. Um, another thing is, is that we've all heard Klaus Schwab's, you'll own uh, nothing and be happy. And as Tiago was saying, that uh, they have, they're pouring us in with immigrants right now. Uh, 350, you know, people will be immigrating to Canada. We don't have the jobs. We don't have the infrastructure for them. So what are they doing? They're doling out all of this cash. So when my parents came to Canada and they came with absolutely nothing, their homes had been bombed, not white privilege, I'll tell you that. And they had to work extremely hard to uh, get to where they were. They never got a dime from the government. What's happening with our immigrants coming in? with these individuals that are crossing Roxham Road illegally, they're getting like $2,200 a month to pay for their uh, uh, rentals. And in the meantime, people that have paid taxes in Canada that live here, like the guy that's lined up to get youth euthanized because he's got a disability and uh, the disability won't uh, give him affordable housing. So he doesn't want to be homeless. And so now he's feeling forced to get euthanized. All right, the government is doing this on purpose. They're hitting us hard at um, all devil uh, at all levels. I went to say at all devils, but that's because they've got horns grown out of their head right now. They really are demonic um, spirits that are working through them and in them, and that would do anything like this to Canadians. So you will have nothing and be happy. The market is being impossible for Canadians to live in. They are allowing uh, people from uh, China and India who have loads of money to come in and inflate our markets. Our homes in Vancouver, Ontario, million-dollar homes, $1.6 million homes, not unusual. Now a $3 million home that maybe would have been $700,000 10 years ago. All right, what do we do with this? Now, People have thought, I want that home. They are uh, in debt to the max. They're stressed out. They're losing their job or they've become ill from the facts. They can't cope. They're either going to commit suicide. They have to give up the home. The government is now going to come in and say, let me ease your burden. We're going to take that home from you. We'll charge you X amount for rent. You'll have nothing, but you'll be happy. And as a third part of it, we're going to make this show, by the way, we're going to do two recordings, Terenzio, and uh, because I think this is going to be two really good shows on separate subjects. And the other part of this is they're going uh, really hyper-focused on the indigenous rights and land rights and ceded land, okay? This is all part of the corruption as well. Trudeau does not care about Indigenous people. He doesn't care who was here first. He doesn't care that they also immigrated to Canada. What they're doing right now and before the Vancouver Council, what they're doing on the island in many places in British Columbia, is they're talking and doing these uh, Indian acts, saying that the ground is uh, ceded territory, it belongs to the Indigenous people, and now you may own a home on there, but you are, I forget the term, it's like you're a visitor or a guest. 
So they are sneaky coming in the back door. I need all of you to be aware of this. I need you to get out if you're in Vancouver and fight the city council on it. And you need to be filling up those rooms opposing it. This is against our constitution. It's against our charter of rights. I own my home. I worked hard for it. It's mine outright. All right. We cannot just roll over and capitulate and we have to be awake and aware and doing something about it. So anyways, I'm sorry, these are longer than one minute questions, but it's an opportunity to really, cause this video is going to go out and it could get 30, 40, 50,000 views and it's important information. All right, Terenzio. All right. Next question is from Charo. Hello. Hello. Hi, Charo. What's your, yep, what's your question? Um, it's more of a statement. Um, I saw about a year ago um, a, couple of, a, a couple of Canadians put on YouTube how to make your own quercetin, like for hydrochloric, hydrochloric acid, sorry, hydroxychloroquine. Right. Um, and I'm just going to say it's very easy. Um, you take four grapefruit skins, add an orange skin and a lemon skin, Cover yep. with water, put mm-hmm. the lid on, boil it, and then as soon as it's boiled for, for two hours, put it on um, minimum. Um, you actually keep the lid on because that keeps the quercetin in, and then you let it cool down, and then you strain it, and you, you put it in, like, bottles for tonic, and you take, like, right. like a tablespoon a day. Thank you. So Thank I, you for that. And, and that, that YouTube was actually um, censored and right. taken off. Right. Um, and another thing is um, Korean red pine needle tea. Yeah, you, you know what, uh, Charles, sorry, we really want to have questions for Diego, but if you could post those in the chat, people can then actually copy them, and uh, that will be much more useful to them than maybe just explaining what those are. But anyways, thank you so much for that, because we do want to know what people can do to protect themselves and keep their immune system strong. Okay, next question. All right, next question is from Lorette. Hi. Um, do you know anything about the uh, quantum financial system, Diego? Uh, quantum financial system? What do you mean? Are you talking in terms of uh, the quant traders for hedge funds? Uh, I think it's headed by Charlie Ward. I don't know if you know him. No. No? No. He says uh, the quantum system is going to take over what our financial system is there now and it's going to mirror that and of course when it does collapse the money that you have in the bank is going to be mirrored with the quantum system and it's going to it'll, it'll come back to you so you haven't heard a thing look up uh, charlie ward uh some of his uh podcasts it's very interesting yeah i'm I'm not too sure uh i've never i don't think i've heard of that uh i've heard of quantum uh quant traders um, that work for hedge funds and whatnot, but not the an actual system that mirrors uh, that mirrors this financial system in terms of the value of the currencies. Um, I don't think that I don't think that that's going to happen. But uh, you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I I've got to say I've heard of Charlie Ward and I haven't heard real positive things. So be 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 careful when proceeding. Uh, there's individuals out there who are I'm, I I don't know enough about him, but. Um, 
yeah, all, all I can do is say, go forth cautiously and, uh, you know, do your research. All right. So next question. Next question is from Nathan. Oh, hi, Nathan. Okay, I think we are going to come close to the end of our questions and our time too. We'll be wrapping up in a moment. Hi, Nathan, can you unmute? There you go. Yeah, hello. Thank you very much. I uh, um, appreciate uh, uh, to be able to ask this question. The question is uh, <clears throat> for uh, pensioners, and that's their uh, main income. What did they do? Any, any ideas or suggestions? You have to start utilizing what you have. So if you're a pensioner and you're, I guess you're on a fixed amount of uh, income per month, you got to be able to take what you can from there. Even, even doing odd jobs like working at home, doing something simple and easy. If you can't, if you don't have that kind of mobility and uh, physical prowess to do, to do like a, a part-time job and any money that you get, you can purchase silver right now. Silver is only, you know, 17 or $18 in that, uh, us dollars per ounce right now. So anybody can buy silver if you really want to. So that's what I would do is if I was a pensioner and I only made like a certain amount, I would do everything I could to, uh, you know, purchase maybe an ounce here, an ounce there. And at least, you know, I start building up over the next uh, few months or years. Okay. Thank you for that. Next question. Next question is from Marcel. Maybe she's having trouble unmuting. Sometimes that happens. All right, we can go to the next. Next one is okay. from Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hopefully you can unmute. Nope, that's not happening as well. Sometimes we have that on Zoom. I was surprised that we didn't have them sooner. Okay. Next question. You might... Yeah. Okay. Oh, Carrie just oh, unmuted. There we go. <laughs> it was the app. I think it was asking me to check a yes. box, which I did. Okay. I have a question about a group. I'm, I'm involved in a group RRSP through work for a long time and I've accumulated, let's just say a couple hundred thousand dollars. What should I do with that? It's, it's kind of the advice yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good question. I think for RSPs and, and anything in the Canadian financial banking system, and I'm assuming you're calling from Canada or even the United States banking systems, um, I think you should, you know, if you can start taking, I, I, you're probably going to be penalized uh, for it, um, uh, of course. And uh, if I were you, if it was my money, I'd be getting, you know, that couple hundred thousand out of that system as quick as possible and into much more valuable assets like silver. Absolutely, 1,000%. I would not leave that kind of money in there. Okay, yeah, this is huge stuff. Again, we're not giving you advice. We're, we're just answering some questions here, and it is definitely something for you to think about and ponder. Nobody knows what's coming in the future 100% exactly, but we, we know that you would be very, very wise to have some resources at home, for sure. Okay, next question. Next question is from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Okay, Michelle, can you unmute? I guess just asking you thumbs up or something. Okay, seems to be having problems. Next one. All right, next one is from Doug. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, Doug. Yes, what's hey. your question? Um, 
if we were to have, you know, good people, what we're fighting for, if we were to have good people put into power, you know, so let's say the Trudeau group is put out in 2025, uh, do you think that anything is going to get any better or is it still going to continue to go downhill? Yeah, no, that's another good question. I think, I think we have to realize and we have to come to the realization that in a central banking system, there is no such thing as the good guys in power. So they will put and install whoever they want in there. Um, and even if it was, you know, by some fluke, some great hearted empathic person that was in there, uh, they would limit their capabilities and destroy everything they tried to do anyways. Nothing gets in the way of the machine of the central banking system. So the people that are in there, like Doug Ford, Horgan, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, these people are part of the club. That's what you have to understand. You and I are not part of the club. We never will be. They are part of that club. Their families, uh, they probably have deep roots in that club, and they're very trusted. And uh, it will continue on and on and on and on until the system is destroyed. All right. Thank you. Um, you know what? And on that, Diego, I know there's a few more questions. We're going to have to have you back on the show specific, I think, on this uh, on this uh, <laughs> topic, uh, because I know that people, you know, really want to make wise choices with their with their finances. And so I want to encourage people under join. When you look up the Empower Hour page, there's a little side pop out. And on that specific page, it's a, an extra resource page. Oh, thank you so much. Terenzio for bringing that up. So if you go to Empower Hour page, just scroll down a little bit, see the Empower Hour, if you could hover on it. There you go. And see that it says chat links. We will be providing information that Diego spoke about tonight on that page. If you are wanting links to his Telegram page, etc., you'll be able to go there and get that information. And, and so, yeah, I'm just really happy to have had you on. We've covered a lot of information tonight, but I think it was very important and very relevant. And so do you have any, any words in closing? For our no, not right, not, not right now. I mean, the only words that I have is stay positive. Use your intelligence, like I said before. Stop emotional thinking. Think of things in a more logical way, a uh, cold way. Um, because I think a lot of people, their, their, their problem is they think too, too emotionally and that gets the better of mm -hmm. them. So just calm down, relax, look at things in a logical way. And uh, it was my pleasure for being here. Much love to you, your family, and the whole crew that's working behind you. It was my pleasure being <laughs> here. Thank you. Thank you, Diego. Thank you so much for all of the incredible work that you're doing. And I really do look forward to having you on again in the show and being in touch with you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Wow, everyone. This has been just uh, a couple of remarkable topics, uh, the censorship, the work that's going on and behind the scenes. I got to tell you, you know what? I, I don't feel deflated. I don't feel overcome. And, you know, my biggest reason is, is because I put my hope in the Lord. And throughout history, societies have um, had to face tyrannical governments and uh, rulers that did cruel and unusual things to the individuals that uh, were to serve them. And throughout history, those vile, uh, devilish rulers have always been overturned. And 
you know what? Um, there is a day of reckoning for all of us. And one day we are all going to stand before mighty God and have, have to give an account for what we've done. And that means Trudeau, that means your health officer, that means your premiers, that means every single individual that's involved in this evil agenda. And uh, as I've said repeatedly on the show, as uh, an organization that truly embraces that this is a Christian nation built on biblical principles, which are good principles, that you should not kill, that you should not lie or steal, that you shouldn't commit adultery, that you should honor your mother and father. I mean, I don't know why even non-Christians would argue with this. It's, it's really good principles. It's really good values. And if we were to live in other countries like the 57 Islamic majority countries, you know, they still to this day, there's some in some of those countries, they still stone people, right? They, they, they kill uh, women for not wearing the hijab. Uh, they'll actually dig a hole and uh, stone women. I, I, I know this because I study this issue. It was one of the pre-COVID issues because of the radical, radical, not the moderate Muslims, the radical Islamists coming into Canada. All right. So I don't, I don't want to live in an Islamic country. I don't want to live in Pakistan or North Korea. And so everybody that's immigrating to Canada should be expected to embrace our Christian values. That's what's giving them to freedom. That's what they're, they're uh, leaving these tyrannical uh, governments and they're coming to Canada to have freedom. But unless we actually teach them what the freedom is based on and ask them to embrace it and demand that they embrace it, we are going to lose this battle because God is a jealous God. He does not want us setting up false idols in our gardens or in our homes and on our shelves. He doesn't want false teaching in this country. He doesn't want murder in this country. He doesn't want abortion in this country. And, you know, he wants our elderly to be treated with respect and love. He doesn't want sexual depravity being taught in our schools. And so we have to find the backbone. We have to find the courage to stand up unified together And uh, whether you're a believer or not, I believe you're a moral and ethical person and you can agree with the things that I'm saying. And so based on if you came here tonight, you feel overwhelmed or you're feeling uh, a sense of fear. The Bible says in Psalm 56, three to four, it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And this is something that I get up every morning with the knowledge of, is that uh, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who who um, accept him as Lord and Savior of our life and profess that, I have no fear. I know where I'm going when this day is done. And so I courageously go forth and I expose evil and I speak the truth because even if they took my body, they have no control over my soul. And so if you haven't received the Lord Jesus as your savior, it says in the Bible in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right. But the key was you need to believe you need to believe that the world didn't begin with a big bang because things are too precious the way they were created, whether it's a blade of grass or a flower from the field or a birdie or an infant. When you look at their little toes and in their eyes and how this beautiful creation was made in front of you, is there hardship in life? 
Absolutely. And uh, God said, in this life, there will be troubles, but he has overcome the world. And when you have the confidence in God and in Jesus Christ, you can truly get up every day and not fear. You can see how the world is upside down and said, well, the end of the Bible in the last chapters, it said this would happen, right? But it says, do not be afraid. You can have the confidence and you can have you can have peace walking through this storm. And so I pray peace for all of you today. And if you're hurting, if you need prayer, I would encourage you to reach out. Uh, we'll put the link to um, our prayer email in the chat as well. And somebody will actually personally get in contact with you and pray with you. So I just thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Terenzio, can we put up the image of whom is going to be our guest next week. If you have that available, there you go. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough will be joining us next week. And you know what? We're going to talk about the vax injury again. We're going to talk about some treatments as well, but I do as well want to focus on our children and this campaign to uh, absolutely wipe out and destroy the next generation. We need to get loud. We need to be vocal about this, and uh, we need to hold the line in defense of our children. So I'm really looking forward to having Dr. Peter McCullough on the show next week. I hope that you'll join us. I hope you'll do your part by joining, uh, by sharing, sorry, not joining, by sharing our actions and sharing our Empower Hour invites. And uh, again, just thank you so much for being part of this and being part of Action for Canada. So God bless you and God bless Canada.
right. So I am just going to thank you so much. I'm going to say God bless you and God bless Canada. Yeah.